0: Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I interview top experts to help you open your heart and radiate self-love so you'll naturally attract the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm so excited to be talking with Larry Michael again. Welcome, Larry. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes. For those of you who aren't familiar with Larry, he is an author, teacher, speaker, and coach. He's also the founder of the Institute for Genetic Energetics. And today we're going to be talking about some core beliefs that set you up for success in your love life. And I imagine probably in all areas of your life. So Larry, this is such an important topic. Is there anything you want to say before we get started?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, no, let's just dive in. Let's go. You know, Sounds this is, You're great. right. This is critically important. This is the difference between uh, success and all else, right? When it comes to relationships and connections, you name it. So yes, let's go.
0: I agree. And by the way, we're broadcasting live on Bullhorn today. So hi to everyone listening live. I see Charity, Valerie, and Angela in the chat. Let us know any questions you have as we go through some of this material. So Larry, let's dive in. What's that first belief that helps set you up for success in relationships?
1: Mm, Okay. So these are in no particular order because they're all important, right? Um, There is probably one belief that I think is critical for all of us in relationships, and that is to take personal responsibility. You hear people say all the time, relationships are difficult and relationships are not difficult. It's our personal work that's difficult, that it requires our attention. And so we really want to take care of ourselves and get to a place where we feel healthy and when we do have challenges we want to be committed to to work on them to work into them to ask for help or find solutions but not make the relationship responsible for those challenges and the core thing and, you know, probably we've heard this so many times, it probably sounds a little bit like a broken record, but for a relationship to really succeed, the each of the individuals must really love themselves. Right? So yeah. this this self-love, like you, there, love is, love is, it's a life force. It is what we are, right? so we are love and if we start from there then we understand that anything that is disturbing that that balance that situation has nothing to do with our ability to love or not it has everything to do with our ability to navigate circumstances and situations that could be challenging so if we can separate love from actions and conditions, then that's the first huge big step to know that we're love. And when something doesn't happen the way you want it, or someone doesn't communicate with you the way you need them to, um, or someone doesn't, you know, is not intimate with you at the level you want them to be, that it doesn't mean that you're any less loved than you've ever been. And so, my invitation is to separate conditions, languages, behaviors from love itself.
0: Yeah, I know we did a whole episode on my podcast, actually right here on Bullhorn, called Undefining Love, and it was such a hit. It was one of my favorite episodes of all time, so I highly encourage people to go check that out if you have a hard time separating love from the language or actions or conditions coming from someone else, right?
1: Right, totally. Totally. And, and and this is such an important foundation because, you know, relationships are about uh, how we navigate a whole variety of circumstances and beliefs and conditions that are either placed on us or we place on ourselves that have to do with our beliefs and values. Like, you know, how do I want to be in a relationship? Do I want to have a relationship where I travel around the world with my partner? Or do I want a relationship where we we make a really nice home in a rural area and we raise children and we have dogs and cats and, and chickens or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that that whatever we decide, it, if the love is there, then we've given ourselves permission and choice to, to determine if this is the best decision, right? And then how to constantly uplevel that, that environment so that we're growing. And then I would say that probably the next most important thing is going to be growth. To know that we are constantly growing. We need to constantly emerge into the next you know, evolution of ourselves. And if we stop that growth, if we go into a relationship and go, this is the way it is and this is what we promised each other and this is the way we're going to have it from this day forward, I guarantee you, without exception, that will not succeed. It can't because we're human beings growing. We have to deal with diversity and change in our lives. And that change is one of the exciting things about being a human being. So in a relationship, we also want to be able to grow and expand. And that means individually we grow and expand. And even what we value and what we set up as our, our vision for our relationship needs to be able to grow and expand. So we need to give it flexibility and not tie it down or wrap iron bars around it so it can never change.
0: That is so important, too. I know people can really limit themselves by having this super stringent list or (laughs) strict idea of exactly what they want, and they're not really willing to deviate from that at all. And I find that people who have that belief system that I'm only available for love this exact way – tend to not really get it because we're constantly evolving. We're constantly expanding. That's just one of the laws of the universe. So are you keeping yeah, up exactly. with that expansion or not, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. You're so right on. And and so if we know we're constantly expanding, then our task is to, how do we do that gracefully, right? How do we do that in flow? How do we do that respectively, uh, respectfully with our partners, Whether and this is whether it's a romantic relationship or or one with family or business or children, you know, how do we do that? And so one of the ways that we best do that is we commit ourselves to be radically honest. And, you know, actually I'm going to use a bigger term because I I love this one. And to me, it's like, it's a commitment in life we need to be courageously intimate what does that mean (laughs) so intimacy especially at the level of a romantic relationship of a quality relationship means that you're radically honest even those things that scare the poop out of you that you bring them up because you know you have to if you hold them inside it begins to depreciate yourself in the relationship. You can't do that. And some of them may be very scary because you haven't ever approached it before. You don't know the answer or you projected some answer that you think means doom and gloom. And I can tell you 95% of the time what scares you the most when it gets expressed and revealed to that person that's most important to you What the person will do is not get angry. They will probably thank you. They will go, oh my God, thank you for sharing. I knew something was up. I knew that it must've been scary. I didn't know how to get it out of you. I was even concerned whether we would make it if we held it as a secret. Now that you've told me, we can try and navigate it. We can work at navigating whatever it might be.
0: I just cannot agree with you more. It's when we hold these things in and it ends up blocking our relating to this other person. Like we can't even be ourselves. We can't open up because we're holding onto this thing so tight. I know we did another podcast episode called Courageous Intimacy, Radical Honesty and Busting Through Fear or something like that where we went really (laughs) in depth on that. I just think it's so important.
1: It, It is, it really is. And here's the great part. If you are willing to be authentic and willing to be vulnerable and, and committed to being rad- radically honest. And you go in that into that with like the courage of a downhill racer, right? If you watch the Olympics and you watch some of the racers go speeding down those hills, you're going, oh my God, how do they do that? Well, they love what they're doing, but they're excited about seeing what they can accomplish. And so that courage, really propels you forward in your growth. And what comes out of it, by the way, is some of the most important ingredients in relationships. Co-creation is it is just gonna happen. You know, co-creation is when you end up something that you create, something that you've created by yourself and someone else has created by yourself, you come together and something new and serendipitously wonderful comes out of it right? It's like, it's like that moment where you sit with your, your partner or your best friend and you say, hey, let's make dinner. And one says, well, do you want to make it or I want to make it? And another person goes, let's do it together. And you go in there and you go in your kitchen, you start digging around and, people, and between the two people, they go, let's use this. Let's add this. Let's put kimchi on this hamburger, whatever. And you bite into it. You take your bite and you go, oh my God. I couldn't have bought this anywhere. I couldn't have been served this anywhere. This is so amazing. And you created it together. So a relationship that's overflowing with co-creation is one that, you, that will last a lifetime it, because it's just so exciting. It's blissful, it's serendipitous. You have co-creation, serendipity and bliss, you are good. <laughs> You're really good.
0: I love it. That is beautiful. This is some great information, Larry. I'm loving this. Hello to Jennifer in the chat. I'm just checking in with everyone. Someone says that's really helpful to look at it that way. Ty says, great points. We have a great question from Angela. She says, I've had multiple conversations with a guy I'm currently dating, and he's consistent with words and behaviors, but sometimes tends to fall off track a bit. Curious about ways to be flexible with his process. Do you have any thoughts on that one, Larry?
1: Uh, I might, I'm not, can we ask her if she can explain what fall off track means?
0: Yeah. I'm
1: not not entirely certain what that means.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Angela, if you want to type a little more in or at the end, if we have time, we could actually take some callers if you're at a place where you'd like to call in and talk to us. So is there anything more you want to say, Larry, about this growth or do you want to move on to the next belief?
1: Well, I guess if we're going to just encapsulate growth growth is always happening okay it is always happening so if we know growth is always happening to try and and strangle it and stop it creates disease right to ignore the fact that it's happening will depreciate the relationship and yourself right so we're constantly growing we're constantly aging, we're constantly experiencing new things. Look at all the growth we've had to go through in the last couple of years, just to diversity and adversity. I right? there is a lot of things we've had to learn. And so the, the universe is going to continue to give it to us. So commit ourselves to be ready for growth. And if we find ourselves dialing things down too tight and saying, no, this is the way it is, it can't change you're setting yourself up for failure and it's going to be disastrous it'll be a learning experience let's say and you know we all get them but let's try and and minimize the ones that are catastrophic right so that's kind of the belief system around growth
0: Sounds great. Yeah. As you're speaking, it just really struck me how we want adventure. We want to have a fun, exciting life, but we can fear change at the same time. At least I know I can. (laughs) We can be afraid of the unknown, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, imagine, you know, you're in a relationship um, and then there's a child on the way. And so you're going, you want to do everything you can to be ready for this child. And so you create it the way you want it. But... (laughs) I guarantee it that child's going to come out and surprise us <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and talk about growth. You know, I, I always kind of laugh at who grows more when a child's born the child or the parent.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and the reality is they both do, but if they grow together with joy and inquiry and curiosity, it's an amazing experience. So I'll speak to that for a moment because What creates growth, what allows growth for us is that willingness to um, not get stuck in judgment or commitment not to get stuck in judgment or not get stuck in beliefs that can't change or expand. It's like you hear people talk about boundaries and they say, this is my boundary. Well, the reality about boundaries is that a boundary, a healthy boundary is not one that you set and you never let it change a healthy boundary is one that you set and then you allow circumstances to challenge that boundary and look at it as something that does it need to shift a little to the left does it need to expand a little or does it need to contract a little but always be willing to re-examine it start with what you want but examine what happens as that boundary gets pushed because that is that that push is that area of growth right mm-hmm. and so we we need to be curious to do that we need to be like a child i always tell people that and and i challenge myself to do this and sometimes i'm not you know i get stuck in stuff and it's not good but the challenge is being a child's mind and a child's mind if you think about it little kids are always saying why 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 is this why that how come and they're saying that because they want to know they want to understand they're curious they're not judging they're not saying you were wrong for doing that why you did why did you do that no they get that that technique from their parents but they're just asking why this why do we want to do these things and they're so curious and they're so free from judgment that, you know, the the curiosity just turns into, into flowers and roses and magnificence and colors and sounds and most of the ingredients of joy in our life when they get to learn. So we need to be curious. And curiosity as an adult, by the way, can be the simple thing like the the guest that asked a question and I really want to answer a question, but I'm curious what she meant by one of her statements so that I can answer it properly. Cause if I just went, Oh, I think I know what she means and I, and I speak to it. I may completely miss her point. Right. And how yeah. often do we do that as, as adults, do we assume that we know what someone is saying or what they mean by what they're saying And then we respond, and then the response to our response is like, what the heck are you talking about? Why did you say that? That makes me so aggravated. You never listen. You know, all these kind of things, right? And that's all easily handled in advance just by being curious and asking if you don't fully know or understand what the person is asking you.
0: It's so true. And coming from a place of curiosity, you're just automatically magnetic, right? Rather than taking what that person says and having it go through your own filters and perceptions that are often coming from past experiences, that's when we can assign blame or take things personally when that's not what the other person meant at all. So I love all your thoughts on that, Larry. This is great. Do you want to move into the next belief? I'm curious what these are myself since I know we didn't talk about this before we started.
1: Well, we we talked about there were five, <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's probably a lot more than five. Yeah, but, the, but one that I think is really, really valuable that um, it was. I have always believed that in relationships or in partnerships, especially with two people, that there are that if you look at those people, there really is. It, it would be like Helena. If you and if if we were in a partnership together, there would be you there would be me, and then there would be what we create as a partner. You know, what, the, what is that entity that is the two of us that come together, right? And so there's these three kind of entities. There's yourself, there's me, and then there's us. And the, the piece that's really critical, and you know, I'll, I'll just kind of repeat what I said at the beginning, relationships are not difficult, it's the personal work that's difficult. And so you or me, if we have an issue or we have a challenge, then we need to work it out. And we can ask our partners for support, or we can bounce off of our partners for understanding and for reflection. In fact, it's valuable to do that. But it is a mistake to rely on our partners to fix us or make them responsible for fixing us. And so in that respect, what that means in a relationship is that who each of us are needs to be something that is can change it it has um the ability to grow and expand right you may be into um doing a a radio show like you are right now and then decide you know what i'm kind of done i want to take a break i've done this for 10 years and now i think i just want to travel and and contribute my services and time, right? So you you kind of grow out of it. So as partners, we need to uh, create the space for our significant others to grow and change. But the now let's come back to the us. This is the piece where I think a, a lot of people respect the partnership, they go, Okay, here we have we built a family, we have family values. And now what do we do with these? Well, it's it's important to always look at those values and examine them and see how they correspond with each of the individuals. But I think one of the things that is super, super important, and I got this from Jennifer Russell and, and Brian Franklin, they're incredible relationship coaches. They call it a relationship vision. And this piece I think is one of the critical foundations For a lasting quality relationship is to develop and and embrace a vision that the two people have together right that is the partnership what is our vision and by the way the visions can be all kinds of things there's there's like they don't have to be huge they don't have to be enormous like i'm going to change the world or i'm going to build a a complete conscious community with 10,000 people. And it doesn't need to be enormous. It's a vision that aligns with their values and has them excited about being together and co-creating together.
0: That is beautiful. I've interviewed other relationship experts who have definitely talked about the importance of creating a relationship vision. Do you have an example of what that might look like or sound like?
1: Hmm. Well... A vision may be as a couple we really want to go out and make a difference in the world in Mm -hmm. terms of how people understand conscious relating okay it's a terminology it's kind of a cash phase but without going into it that would be our goal and so we've taken our practices what we do and now we're going how can we do this together and how can we contribute to our environment, our community. And that vision could include, I, we want to travel around the world to do that. We just don't want to do it in San Diego where I live, but we want to go to Italy. We want to go to the far East. We want to go to South America. We want to go to different cultures and share this information because it helps people get along better. Right. Yeah. So. That might be the vision. The vision may be, I want to go and turn and teach permaculture. Right. (laughs) Or I, you know, or you're both artists, let's go teach people how to embrace their artistic ability and express their artistic ability. Like almost everybody can paint, but they don't know it. All of us can sing, but a lot of us believe we have the worst voices in the world. Right. Yet, we might find ourselves harmonizing with someone from time to time, but we will never blurt out on our own, right? So there's like all these artistic talents and creative talents that we have that can be expanded on. So the vision might be we're you know we want to work on bringing out people's creativity or releasing their voice, <laughs> whatever it mm-hmm. might be. And you know those are really beautiful visions. Now it could be I want to I want to have a family. We want to have a family. We want three kids. We want to raise them to be wonderful, you know, stewards of the earth and, and, you know, respectful and contributive in themselves. And so our commitment, our vision right now is to go all in to being the best parents we can be. So, you know, that, that's a great one. It doesn't have to go any further than that. Um, So they could be, and they could be smaller things the vision you know you could have a vision that you hold on to for a year and you accomplish it and then you go to the next one and usually the way those things will evolve have to do with looking at our values that we hold on to at any particular point in time and values can change you know, my, one of my key values is exploration if i'm not exploring i'm not very I'm not as happy a person. I'm not as fulfilled as a a person. And this last couple of years without being able to travel a whole lot has changed my um, way of exploring. And so I've had to explore in other ways. Uh, But if I just stopped, oh, you wouldn't wanna be around me. You know, I just like, I would take what I hope to be, what I'd like to believe is kind of a bright um, healing appearance to something that's dull and muted and it, it would you know, what would you rather see or experience?
0: Mm. I can relate to that a lot. I always say boredom is not my friend. (laughs) If I'm not feeling Mm. inspired and creating, I can definitely get depressed. I think a lot of people who are drawn to this work can relate to that. So that Mm -hmm. was very helpful. Thank you for those examples, because that's a big concept, creating a vision for your relationship. And I love that you said that these can be dynamic and morph and change over time. That is so great. Do you want to recap what we talked about here? I know we just covered so many amazing things. I'd love to hear a recap, Larry.
1: Oh gosh! okay. Ah, where do we start? Um, well, we talked about courageous intimacy for sure that that that's a uh it's it's just such a beautiful aspect of relationships. If you can accomplish that, then you have gone a long ways into where, where you need to be to have phenomenal, growing, expanding relationships. Courageous intimacy means being authentic, being vulnerable, being radically honest, being willing to be seen and heard, and most important, being willing for change. So that took us to one of the other beliefs, which is growth is going to happen, right? So be prepared for it. Don't lock yourself down um Another one was love understand that you are love we are we just are we we you're it's your life force you're not without it you're not broken there's nothing about you broken you may have challenges you may have stress but you are love and you know in in that respect embrace it just know you are know that there's challenges know there's places to growth know that there's circumstances that are that are going to sometimes throw us for a loop, but at the end of the day, you are all you already have all the love you need. Now let's have the experiences that make expressing ourselves in our loving ways so fantastic. Okay. Where else were we? I think, and then a uh, relationship vision.
0: Yeah,
1: is you know those those are what we covered thus far.
0: Amazing. I know you also said something that just resonated with me so much at the beginning that relationships themselves aren't difficult or they're not supposed to be. It's the personal work that can be difficult. And yes. I forgot to mention at the beginning, I know you have a free gift for everyone. That'll be the first link in the description after the replay of this post to get your free energetic profile. I know we could talk for hours about this, but do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what that is and how that can help them in their relationships, not just with romantic partners, but all their relationships in life?
1: Oh my gosh, how much time do I have? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so the personal energetic profile is based on the oldest system of connectivity that mankind has for as long as we have been walking on this planet we have made decisions about who we want to interact with and how we want to interact with them based on our energetics and there's a genetic code that is true and there for us through our lifetime that each of us have and so You know, it's like, well, that probably sounds very vast, but what the heck am I really saying? So let me give you an example of it. We have what we call a communication style as part of this profile that we're going to give you for free. And the communication styles, there's two kinds, one's structural and one's figurative. Um, The title is not as important, but the experience that you have right now is what I want to bring to your attention all of us have had situations when we encountered someone when we were around them we felt like our energy was being drained right yeah yeah so and we have a nickname for that person usually we'll call them an energy vampire it's not a very nice nickname by the (laughs) way but but that's what we'll say was wow they just sucked all my energy out of me i don't want to be around them anymore um or you were really excited to meet someone and you go and you have lunch with them and you find yourself a couple minutes into it or 10 minutes into it, kind of, you're, you know, you're distracted, you're looking around, you're yawning, you're being physically impacted by two different energetic frequencies. Now, as human beings, this has happened to us through our entire lifetime. We've had people that we felt really comfortable with and we've had other people that would go, we just kind of, we might not have said it out loud, but we go, ooh, you know, or, no, thank you. Or that doesn't feel right. Or, wow, I love this person. And nah, I'm not getting that from the other person. And it's not because they're bad or, or anything like that. It's not like because someone did something really great for you and the other didn't. It's because these two different frequencies are either in alignment or they're discordant. And when they bump into each other, it wears us down. So... As mankind, we have selected those people we want to be around forever based on many circumstances that are similar to the one that I just described.
0: So true. So that's the communication style. I know there's all these different factors. I don't know if you want to briefly go into them for people who maybe if you're listening to the replay of this and you've gotten your free energetic profile, would you like to briefly touch on those other points?
1: Sure, I can. I mean, we're we're going to go fast and furious because okay.
0: this conversation right. yeah.
1: about these is usually one that, well, you know, the first time we did this, we were on a call for three hours with people that stayed with us. It was so cool, right? My
0: longest live stream of all time. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it was so neat because I think everybody stayed to the end. It was, yeah. I was so excited about it. So here they are. The lifestyle traits, there's four different kinds. There's communication style. It's how we communicate with each other. It is the words we use. It is the energy that goes into it. It's the emotion around it. And there are two different kinds, structural and figurative, and the report talks about that. The next one is called activity level. And this is the speed we process information. This is how we run our lives. It's, It's how we like to listen and talk. You know, I'm talking, fairly fast right now. But for someone that's super active, which is one of the kinds, they might want me to talk much faster, more like this, and say everything I have to say in 3.5 minutes, and get it all done. And they'd be going, Wow, that was great. Why couldn't you talk that fast the whole time? Right? But that's not how I normally talk. I talk more like what's called a moderate active person, which is more how I'm talking right now. It's more methodical. So when two people come together, and they're different in this respect, understanding those differences, helps us Stay away from judgment, blame, shame, or guilt. Because now we get to go, oh, I get it. That's just the way they talk. That's, their, that's, their, that's genetically how they're made up. I can acknowledge that. I can embrace that. I might even be able to be flex enough to work with that. Okay, so that's activity level. Then there's financial logic. And there's actually a genetic code around our relationship to money. Are we rainmakers? Are we watching it all the time? And there is, you know, there are quality values to both, but there are differences. And if we're in relationship with someone that is different than us, again, that could be create some adversity. But if we understand it, then we can embrace it. And, you know, take this a husband and wife, who's going to manage the money? Well, if both people are what we call non-conservative financial logic, neither of them should be managing the money. They should get a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. If one person is conservative financial logic, that's the person to have manage the money because they'll do a great job with it. The other person doesn't really care. The other person just makes rain. They just create they they create imb- abundance by their genetic makeup. It's amazing, right? Now both kinds can create financial abundance, but they do it differently. The next one, which is probably one of the most critical, is called sexual response type. And your people are either mental, emotional, or they're what we call physical. Now, here's the interesting thing. We have been taught that men access sexuality different than women. Now, not everybody teaches that still today. There's distinctions between a masculine approach and a feminine approach. But the the contention that one person is a male is one way and the female is another way is totally inaccurate. Right. Actually, let me re-correct that. It's inaccurate 50% of the time.
0: Right, yes. We talked about this in our last episode. So interesting.
1: And so it's important to understand that difference because we get into relationships with people where we're not necessarily an exact match energetically. And if we're not a match, this is what's most important. If we're not a match, we don't want to make the other person wrong for it. And we don't want, we want to avoid getting to a place where we have resentments. We don't want to shame ourselves or someone else, and we don't want to blame the other person for what they are. Now, there's lots of decisions that people make in regards to their belief systems and who they are. That's a completely different subject. But what we are is what genetic energetics is all about. That's what this profile is about. Then there is chemistry, right? (laughs) Chemistry is a drug, folks, and it's a really good one. And it also throws us, makes us go cattywampus on a whole variety of things, right? We don't make the best decisions because we're drugged up. We have neurotransmitters and hormones that are basically controlling the show, and we're wearing rose colored glasses and making our decisions based on those versus what may be real or more real, I should say. Now, is chemistry, does it feel great? Yes, it does. And just know that it can also throw us off onto a, a direction that might not be the healthiest for us. And we need to be aware of it. And this is the only system in the world that identifies not only what your attractions are, that's what we call it, but who you will have chemistry with and how to understand that, navigate it. And then there are things we call personality modifiers, which are personal characteristics that are genetically driven, and this is what's important to understand. You know, lots of people show up as being really, they're driven, they're achievers, or they're perfectionists, they just want things perfect, or they're very stubborn, or they take a masculine approach to things, um, or they're very engaging and kind of hypnotically bring you in. These are all kind of descriptions of some of the characteristics that are out there. These are all called what we call personality modifiers, and many of them are driven genetically and they're coded genetically. And so understanding them really gives us the ability to go, oh, that explains why I'm that way. Okay, now I get to embrace it instead of make it wrong or make it difficult or, uh, or depreciate it in any way. I can embrace it as part of a, a really beautiful characteristic that's part of our contribution as a human being. So I love this it. this thing we're giving people, this personal energetic profile, is is kind of it's the step in. It's how to get into it. And for those that are asking, what do I need to do this? It's really simple. You need your birth date, and you got to tell the truth. You can't make up a birth date. It's got to be your real birth date. And it's month, day, and year. And then the other piece, if you can get it, and it's, it's super valuable, it's not absolutely necessary, but it's super valuable, is you wanna know the birth date of your opposite gender biological parent. If you're a woman, that's your dad. If you're a man, that's your mom. And in case you're going, what, what's that about? It's because that old adage about men are attracted to women like their mother and women are attracted to men like their father, it's true but it doesn't matter. Does not matter if you even knew your parent. If you were adopted, your adopted uh, parent is not the birth date. This is a genetic coding, right? So it's got to come from your biological parent. And those are the only two things you need. Now, is this astrology? No, it's not. It is a combination of astronomy and quantum physics. And so we're combining two very powerful sciences that are helping us understand how as human beings we have connected and, and reacted and interacted with people for as long as mankind's been on this planet.
0: Yes, I know you have ways to input your information and a potential partner's information or your husband or boyfriend or even a family member or co-worker and download a report where it explains where the two of you are matched and mismatched. I know that we ran one, I believe, about two years ago where I had just started dating my husband. <laughs> do you remember, Larry? <laughs> oh, I stood- do. Yeah. You said this is a match made in heaven energetically. And I was like, wow, okay, let's see where this goes. And (laughs) we were married about a year later and I've certainly found it to be completely spot on and accurate. It's pretty amazing. Are you still offering that? I think it's called the romance report. And then you also have the lifetime access as well, right?
1: We do. So we have an energetic romance report, and then we have something that we introduced for a limited time. We're still doing it right now and I think we will probably for another month or so um, and that is our lifetime membership so what it is basically is that you're gonna get a personal energetic profile for free that's our gift to you if you want to look at what's going on in a relationship the romance reports are amazing and they're anywhere from 38 pages to 93 pages long the 93 page is a very complex relationship I can tell you but. It, it, they're 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 very detailed. Now people use these reports with their partners, with their understanding their ex-partners. We have um, families that have separated, husband and wives who separated, and we use these reports to help them understand each other so that they can raise their children as best as possible. Right? Mm-hmm. So they can co-parent, although they decided no longer to stay with each other. So there it's used so many different ways the, these reports have been used to stop bullying they're used in business to understand the people we work with and so the romance reports although they're called romance reports they get used across all these different areas and the lifetime membership essentially for one price allows you to get as many of these as you want for the rest of your life um, and so it is a really huge savings. With it comes private podcasts, people that I've interviewed like Ariel Ford, Brian Byrow, Allison Armstrong. These are all um, recordings that are not out to the public. They're private and they're private trainings. And they're all inside that unlimited lifetime membership. So there'll be a, a link for those things that we'll be able to provide for you. For sure, start with that that personal energetic profile.
0: And that personal energetic profile is totally free. So I'll include those three different links in the description. Those will be the first three links in the episode details when the replay of the posts. I'm curious for the person who asked this question, maybe she's not listening anymore. I'd be curious to hear the about the communication style about her and her partner Who's sometimes inconsistent with words and behaviors. So uh, doesn't look like we have any other questions. So I can know you, we're can almost... you
1: read that one again? Let's yeah, just yeah, absolutely. Read it again. Let's see.
0: I know I would love you... to be able to give something for maybe she'll yeah. be able to listen to the replay of this. So she said I've had multiple conversations with the guy I'm currently dating, and he is consistent with words and behaviors for some time, but tends to fall off track a bit. Curious about ways to be flexible with his process.
1: Okay. So when I hear fall off track, it sounds to me like there you know that he's you know he's consistent with how they connect, but there's times when he's not connecting. like he may be distant. Yes, that's, that's how I'm interpreting that. Now I don't know if that's what you meant, but I can, I can tell you that there are some characteristics in genetic energetics that can describe why that happens for example, there is a modifier called an achiever. Achievers get stuff done. It's amazing. But when they're on task, nothing else exists. So there are times in relationships. In fact, I just consulted with a gal the other day that I'm helping her. She's She wanted a dating coach. I told her that I would do this for her. And she was going, I met this guy and he just like disappears for a week. And I said, so what does he do? Well, he turns out that he's a captain of a boat right and he goes off and he's when he's captaining his, his ship he's totally focused on taking care of those people on the ship and he pretty much divorces himself from everything else during that period of time well she feels neglected right and so it's like he feels it feels like the relationship is off somehow but what's really happening is he's an achiever he goes on a task he gets it done And then when he comes back and he focuses on her, he's 100% focused on her. So she has to get used to, I said, if you're going to be in this relationship, you have to get used to the fact that he's not always going to be 100% there for you because that's not how he's designed. When he is there for you, he'll be 100%. When he's taking care of someone else or taking care of a child or he's got a project he's working on, he's going to go 100% into that. That's how he's designed. And he gets stuff done and it's great, but you have to give him that space because that's what he is. So I don't know if that is what she was describing, but it could be, right? It could be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My husband has the achiever modifier and also the perfectionist. So I relate to that a lot, but I actually love that about him. I love the fact that he is on top of things and he gets things done and he finishes what he starts. I think it's super attractive, but it's so helpful to understand that about the person that you're with. So I can't recommend this enough. I love everything you had to say there, Larry. Hopefully that was helpful, Angela. And maybe she's listening to the replay of this. I thought that was fantastic advice. And it looks like we're almost to the end of the hour already. This just flew by. Is there anything else you want to say here before we close out today, Larry? Hmm.
1: I think where I'd, where I'd love to kind of bring it to a close is we're in a period of our, you know, our lives right now and even in the the growth of humanity where it's really time to stop concluding and judging and making decisions when we don't have all the information we need. And we owe it to ourselves to inquire deeper, to go deeper, to be curious, to not immediately make judgment, but to want to understand more so that when we do decide what we like or don't like or need or don't need, that it's based on a far more expansive experience and understanding of each other. I love the work I do because it is the fastest way I know to um, eliminate judgment and blame and shame and guilt and resentment. Instead, give us an opportunity to acknowledge, honor, and embrace our similarities and differences. And that's what we need to be doing in this world if it's going to be healthy. Not just our families, not just our our small group of friends, but the world, we need to be healthy. And the only way we're going to get there is if we let go of our judgments and the beliefs that we may have that are not founded on truth, but are founded on conjecture. And, you know, this is, it's time, folks. It's really time. We're all divine beings. It's really time for us to act The divine beings that we are.
0: That is beautiful. Thank you for those closing words of wisdom. I always just love soaking in the Larry vibes and energy every time you come on my podcast. So I hope I can bring you on again soon. I would actually love to do a whole episode just on those personality modifiers because we haven't gone too in depth on those yet. If that sounds fun to you,
1: that would be fun. Yeah, that would be great fun. I'd love to do that with you
0: that would just be a blast. So this was great. Thank you everyone for listening live. If you're listening to the replay of this, don't forget to grab your free energetic profile. I'll also include links to get your romance report for you and your partner or potential partner, or really anyone who's important to you in your life. And of course that lifetime membership, that's just a one-time only payment, right? It's not a monthly membership fee or anything like that, right?
1: No, when it when the membership starts, the monthly fee is going to be close to what the lifetime fee is right now. So so it's a, a huge savings.
0: Okay. So if they grab that now while it's still being offered, it's just a one-time payment and they get unlimited access, unlimited reports for as long as they're alive, basically, right?
1: Right. Yes. Okay.
0: As long as yeah, we're yeah.
1: around and you're around, you get them.
0: I do okay. want to say
1: just one quick thing. When you go to get your personal energetic profile, We have put in a security system to make sure that your information is very, very private and that our system is safe. And so we take you through a login and this thing that's called an OTP or a one-time password so that you can get fully logged into the system. It takes a second or two longer to do that. It actually takes longer to do that than it does to actually fill out the report, but it's for your own safety and security. So I appreciate you working with us on that.
0: It sounds great. So everyone, go check that out. Those are the first three links in the description of this episode. And I will be back on April 5th with Deanna Dorell. She's going to be doing some more free intuitive readings. I brought her on last month, and it was such a hit. We always have so many live callers and listeners. So we decided to do Ooh, that again. I want to come. Oh, yeah. It'll be the same time, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, April 5th. You would love it. I would love to have you here, Larry. That would be so much fun. And so I will actually include a link to download the Bullhorn podcast app. If you're listening to the replay of this, that'll be the fourth link in the description. It's totally free. So user friendly. You can join all of my live broadcasts. I go live every other Tuesday at six o'clock p.m. Eastern time throughout the whole year. I have some amazing experts lined up for the next coming months. And Larry, I'd love to bring you on again soon. So thank you so much again. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I will see you in a couple weeks.